Hello and thanks for joining us for another APW Property Podcast. This weekly series looks at all aspects of the property market in the UK. We've covered many topics as we look from mortgages to Manchester and from HMOs to SDLT and many other acronyms. APW is committed to helping expats buy property in the UK and part of that work has been providing free content for all to enjoy and sharing the team's knowledge of the UK's individual property market quirks. Part of that assistance, APW has commissioned this podcast series, putting out information about the UK property market to help buyers, old and young, experienced and novice, make better decisions about their purchase. Joining me today are APW's top commentators, Stuart and Callum Williamson. Hi, Stuart. Hello, Paul. And once again, you're sporting a very floral shirt today. Um, should be wearing sunglasses. Yes, it's a um, it's a mambo, which you see back in the day, very popular. Uh, in the 80s, and it went out of fashion for a while, but uh, I'm trying to bring it back. A single-handed mission to bring back the 80s. Well, that's not a bad idea. Uh, what do you think, Callum? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's a great shirt. I mean, is it a real mambo? It's an, a legit original mambo. It was from the, back in the day. I bought it up in, I think I was living in uh, Bangkok at the time. Or it might have been KL, but yes, it's an original mambo. Well, hopefully it'll help us today as we look back at January in 2023 uh, and see what happened in the property market that was relevant. My name's Paul Shearer and I'm an independent property writer who's been living in, writing about, buying, selling, renovating, upgrading and landlording property for many years now. But as I say, today it's our monthly market mooch. Uh, Stuart also has his excellent weekly market roundup called Market Wrap, which you can watch on YouTube. Uh, Stuart, how did you see the start of the year in January? Uh, well, the year just seems to be getting better and better, really. I mean, October was cancelled. Talk about cancelled culture. It was certainly cancelled by um, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng. Uh, so everything that was going to go on in October seems to be pushed back into November. And as the year goes, as this new year started, then, you know, we've seen interest rates coming down, even though the headline interest rate went up last week, the actual mortgage rates that are available have come down. So things have calmed. Uh, people aren't so worried. Energy prices are seen to stabilizing now. Overall gas prices are going down, which is great because the UK is so dependent on gas. And the problem is the war in the Ukraine. I know um, uh, the president, who I can't uh, pronounce his name, I've just been over to the UK, and it's great to see him getting around and talking about Churchill and stuff, but it'd be far better if we just see an end to it all. Yes, it's the big unknown still, uh, the war in Ukraine, and it looks like Russia might be uh, about to launch a new offensive. Uh, but um, you mentioned the Bank of England base rate there in passing. Uh, Callum, uh, the Monetary Policy Committee had a meeting. A couple of weeks ago, and the rate went up again uh, 0.5% bring the base rate up to 4%, which is actually the highest level in 14 years. Not a surprise, though. Most people have been saying it's probably gonna, it was probably going to hit 4 or perhaps uh, maybe go up again or we'll flatline and stay at 4 at the next round of voting and then we'll start coming down uh, towards the end of the year as, as inflation gets under control again. Uh, the vote was 7-2 in favour of, of the increase with... Two of them thinking that it should stay at 3.5. So that's, you know, there are some members of the MPC coming around. Um, and just to sort of touch on something Stuart said as well, we are actually seeing interest mortgage interest rates coming down now because there's some lenders sort of competing for business. And the way they're doing that is by competing on price and bringing their rates down. So there is a little bit more confidence coming back into the market, which is positive. 
Yeah, it's part of the balancing act the bank has to do. On the one side, they want to beat inflation by pulling money out of the economy with increased borrowing costs. And on the other side, they don't want to wreck the economy by removing too much spending power from businesses and consumers. They had this to say in the monetary policy report. UK domestic inflationary pressures have been firmer than expected. Both private sector regular pay growth and services, CPI, that's consumer price index inflation, have been notably higher than forecast in the November monetary policy report. The labour market remains tight by historical standards, although it started to loosen and some survey indicators of wage growth have eased, alongside a gradual decline in underlying output. Given the lags in monetary policy transmission, the increases in bank rates since December 2021 are expected to have an increasing impact on the economy in the coming quarters. Near-term data developments will be crucial in assessing how quickly and to what extent external and domestic inflationary pressures will abate. Uh, So, Stuart, how are the markets reacting? You said that uh, uh, interest rates are coming down um, from the banks and the borrowing. Uh, What's going on? Well, I think a lot was was actually read into the the verbology of how they announced the the rate changes in that um, it seems to be a lot less aggressive and a lot more appeasing you know saying this might happen or that might happen and we expect this to happen rather than saying things had to change forcefully but i mean even though the you know mortgage rate swaps are expecting rates to be down below four percent by the end of 2023 we still expect the headline to go up perhaps to 4.25 i think back in march before coming back down to say three and a quarter three and a half in three years' time. That's based on their modelling. Uh, the next meeting is in March 23rd. I think it will go up, um, but I think it's been already priced into the marketplace, so people are feeling a lot less gloomy short-term than they were. Long-term is the real problem in that the UK economy is not in great shape. You know, Post-Brexit, you know, nothing has been really done to, to plan for the future, and so... There will be a, a freeze, not not a slump, I don't think, not a um, a recession, but a freeze in the short term, which is fine. They revised their own forecast, didn't they? They were now predicting a slightly shallower recession and not lasting as long. But 2023 is still pretty flat in economic terms of the GDP. Which is um, a buying opportunity, Paul, as JP Morgan always said. I buy when everyone else is selling and I sell when everyone else is buying. And now is a buying opportunity. Get in when you can. Fill your boots. Okay. Uh, Callum, what about inflation? What's been happening there? Inflation. Okay. Well, to uh, pull a quote from Andrew Bailey, the governor of the Bank of England, he said uh, earlier in February that he thought inflation would fall rapidly and that a lot of that was down to energy prices, which have also fallen rapidly. Uh, He said it's also because the spike in energy prices that began in January last year when Uh, Russia first invaded Ukraine will start to fall out of the headline figure. He also pointed out that there were still risks in the situation from wages and prices. So he kept a big slice of caution in his comments. And of course, the sort of uh, monetary policy of higher interest rates will also be sort of taking, uh, taking effect and helping to bring inflation down a bit. So we should start seeing it come down fairly soon. Yeah, looking at the charts that accompany the press conference and were in the report as well, uh, there's a very steep drop in their inflation projections from the rates of just above 10% that we saw at the end of last year to under 2% in mid-2024 is what their um, charts were showing. What effect then uh, has these 
twin things of the bank base rate and inflation falling had on the mortgage market? You mentioned on it, you said that rates were coming down, uh, but what's been happening, Stuart? Uh, yeah, they, they basically have meant that in the to the UK resident market, HSBC has launched a 3.99% five-year fix. That's the first time for a while that we've had such a low rate. Virgin Money and Lloyds have also introduced sub-4% sub 10-year fixes. You know, that's a big change from where it was three months ago. Yeah, as you said, the, the panic appears to have uh, eased and, and uh, the stability is back in vogue. Uh, so things have calmed down a bit. So let's have a look at house prices. We're going to look at data from the Halifax House Price Index, the Right Move Price Index, and Savills, and then you can throw in any other ones from your uh, wide and extensive reading. Uh, Callum, uh, take us through the Halifax one. Okay, well, we're starting off with the key points there. The monthly change in prices for January was zero, completely flat, flat line. That meant um, annual prices have increased at a rate of 1.9, but a quarterly price change of 3 so prices have dropped from the highs of last year. Uh, I was also reading, and this is in most of the reports, that it's although we're in a positive for the 12 months, we've seen five five months of consecutive falls, which has not been seen since 2008. So that's quite uh, interesting, interesting reading. But um, still positive for the year because there was such large growth figures during the pandemic. Yeah, so Kim Kinnaird, who's the director of Halifax Mortgages, uh, had this to say. The start of 2023 has brought some stability to UK house prices, with the average house price remaining largely unchanged in January at £281,684. Uh, that's a very small decrease on December. This followed a series of significant monthly falls at the end of last year. The pace of annual growth has continued to slow to 1.9% up from 2.1% up in December, which is the lowest level recorded over the last three years. The average house price is now around 12,500 below its peak in August last year, though it still remains some £5,000 higher than January 2022. Stuart, uh, how about the Savills report? What, what are they saying? Well, according to them, we're in the midst of a slowdown and they point to the mortgage approvals in December falling by 43% compared to 2018-19, which in their mind suggests a lack of demand. But then they go on to point out that demand will be supported by the high mortgage rates easing seen in the latest round of figures for mortgages, which you've just mentioned. Yes, they, they say that the weakening market is largely a consequence of the challenging mortgage environment, with the number of products still lower than before the mini-budget. Higher loan-to-value products have been slower to recover, posing challenges to first-time buyers with small deposits, uh, particularly in the absence of help to buy. But apparently the annual house price growth uh, top of the table hotspots were Torridge in Devon and Hastings in Sussex, up 19.7% and 182 respectively. Yes, yeah, still those regional variations. Um, small falls in Aberdeen as well, apparently. That's it. North, sorry, North Sea Oil is not not what it was. I think also you talked about sort of uh, a change there in sort of the buying habits. Looking at the Zoopla report, which came out at the end of January, uh, their sort of headline is early 2023 buyers are shifting their preferences towards flats. And it's something we've been saying post-COVID, the reversal of the race, race of space, and they've got a heap of stats and, and figures in their airport, which is, which is backing it up. And they go on to say, you know, one clear trend from the, last, from the first few weeks of 2023 is that buyers are becoming more value conscious 
in response to the, to the hit to buying power from higher mortgage rates, plus the high energy bills. You know, it's cheaper to um, to heat one beds and two beds than it is a house. So there's a very clear shift towards that. Hence, uh, growth in in flats and growth in rents in flats and city centres. Okay, well, let's go to the right move um, now, which has the headline "Bigger than usual New Year bounce after extended end of year low." Uh, signs of land, Stuart, do you think? Well, I just wanted to go back to the market wrap for a moment. Um, one of the points I did cover in that was about the to be very careful where you do move to. I mean, you were talking about there, where was it? Torridge in Devon and Hastings in Sussex. I mean, Hastings, I guess, is Hastings, but if you move to Bungay in Suffolk, they have the highest number of devil worshippers in the UK per capita. And even behind the local pub, they've got a Pentagon behind there. So you've got to be really careful when you do move to the country. And I think a lot of people who leave in the country have realised there are a lot of devil worshippers out there, Callum, and they're moving back not because of the recession, but because they are frightened. Not because it's cheaper to, to you know heat a flat, but because they're worried about some sort of uh, hot fuzz type behaviour going on in the local pub. One third cheaper to heat a flat rather than a house is is not a reason for leaving. It's the devil that is forcing them out. I was once viewing a property in Tufnell Park with a builder that we used to use as our surveyor. And uh, he got very freaked when uh, he went to the basement uh, because they had a big throne set up on a dais with a big wolf skin underneath. And in fact, they were all worshippers of Wotan. Um, so Ooh, wow. he, he took one look at that and went, ah, no, that's fine, that's fine. And he left. <laughs> well, actually, Callum, there's one, there's one for you. I don't think you worship Wotan. Isn't that one you've missed out? Me? <laughs> yeah, I've missed out. Wotan. I mean, who is Wotan? It's some sort of Nordic... Uh, type character very much yeah it's a north north european uh, pagan god but back to the point right move point out that asking prices rose last month by 0.9 percent after two months of falls that's positive more prospective buyers are contacting agents again good big jump in numbers of sellers asking agents for valuations on the 5th of january buyer demand up by four percent compared to the last normal year and a prospective buyer jump of 55% for the New Year fortnight compared to the pre-Christmas fortnight. So all positive stuff. Yes, they're very much putting a positive spin on it. Um, Tim Bannister, Right Moves director, said, uh, These statistics, based on the largest sample of any UK housing report, give reasons for some positivity at the beginning of 2023. Given that the pause for Christmas came unexpectedly early last year, it was important to see whether buyers and sellers would pick up their plans again at the beginning of this year, or wait and see what the first few months might bring. The numbers certainly suggest that activity has bounced back after Christmas, and agents will now be busy trying to match the likely revised expectations of buyers and sellers as we move towards the important spring season. We expect that the full effect of affordability constraints and last year's mortgage rate rises will hold back some segments of the market in the first half of the year, but our leading market indicators may start to identify some green shoots of growth that will go on to strengthen in the second half of 2023. So, as you say, some positive news there. What segments of the market do you think will be held back, Stuart, in the first half of the year? Well, I think the real issue is going to be for for first-time buyers, for those people who've jumped into the market and, you know, they've got a 5% 5 deposit and a 95% mortgage, they're really going to be struggling financially. And I think that bottom end of the market is going to struggle. The top end, the prime, 
I mean, there's more houses worth over a million pounds now in the UK than there ever has been. Uh, over 5 million, that market is actually booming. So it's very much the bottom end of the market. The not bottom end doesn't mean they're no better than, or no, no worse than people with a million or five million pound houses. But people who are just getting onto the market, they are the ones who are going to struggle. And that is where we're going to see some, if anything, some repossessions in, in going on. I did see a thing about the prime country market um, in The Spectator. The bottom was dropping out of that a bit, which um, had an interesting figure, which was that 80,000 Londoners bought homes outside the capital um, last year, as opposed to 100,000 the year before. So that's a 20% difference. But it's, like you say, it's the pressures on individual bits of the market who... Who is usually going to buy this kind of, you know, flat or prime country residence, whatever it is? You've got those sort of niche sections. And who can afford it? What are the pressures on that group of people, whether it's first time buyers or rich people from London? Um, and it's it's those things that tend to then give you those, uh, you say it's a buying opportunity, Stuart, you, those little bargains that may come on. So how do you go about finding them? Well, I mean, we work with people who have um, lists of distressed property. So they would have you know, this house is being sold for 30% below market value. You know, or this commercial property is being sold for that. So really you have to know who to speak to and not just to buy something because it's cheap. You've got to buy something because it's cheap, but it's got a good upside and a lot can be done with it. Like a, you know, like a BRRR approach, buy, renovate, remortgage, rent out. So using those sort of people who are specialists at it is the way to go. I mean, just talking about that, you know, I was um, talking to uh, a gentleman earlier on who, whose wife's from Hong Kong, and he pointed out a, a Voice of America article uh, that was just out, um, I think, on the weekend about the during COVID, the number of people who have left Hong Kong, the BNOs, but also Hong Kong nationals who have left has actually more than tripled. And the majority of those, because they are BNOs, are going to the UK. And apparently Sutton in London is the centre for Hong Kong nationals to go and buy because a lot have gone there and said good things about it. And so now it's becoming a, a Hong Kong Chinese ghetto, so to speak. But, I mean, the point wow. is... Okay, well, we've tended to avoid London uh, and talking about London because uh, you, you don't like the yields generally for your buyers or your clientele. No, it's a, it's not a head purchase. It's a heart purchase. And we always say, work out what you want. Is it to buy to make money or is it to buy because you're in love with the place? You know, I would have thought buying in Hastings would have been a heart decision. But, you know, if it's the top location for appreciation recently, then it's obviously wrong. But London is very much a, a heart purchase because you won't be getting much more, I, I suggest. I could well be wrong you know, than 4% yield on anything you buy there because the amount of cash you've got to put into it. Yes, the Evening Standard had an article which said that the average first-time buyer property was £50,000 more expensive than five years ago. Uh, in the same article, it had the average price paid in November 2022 by a first-time buyer in the City of London was just under £960,000. Uh, but then the City of London is a very, very special uh, area, that square mile. They had it used to be something like 120,000 people living there in the turn of the previous century so about sort of late Victorian period 1880 uh, and it's now down to something like the 12 or 13,000 
because they it, it's just a big commercial district. So property is that 960,000. There'll be a fair few modern tower blocks with residential flats in it that are uh, incredibly expensive. But uh, perhaps we should do a London market mosey at some point. What do you think, Callum? Yeah, I mean, there would be a lot to go through, for sure. It's, uh, it's a very big place, isn't it? And we could uh, do a couple of neighbourhood watches and that would keep us in podcasts for a, for a very long time. But, um, but it's the truth, though. Yeah, people uh, people want to buy there. You know, in the longer yeah. term, London will be a bellwether. It will go up. It's just a case of how much money do you have? It's really a market for the more wealthier person rather than those just starting off. And that's it, you know, not everyone has the deposit needed to buy a flat or a house or a property of any nature there, you know, which is why when we're sort of speaking to people, we are looking at those locations with the higher yields, Paul, and the lower price points, because that's what sort of makes a good buy to let, which is most of the people we sort of meet with, that's what they're looking for, you know, but it's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a different sort of market and suits different goals. Okay, that's it for today. Uh, My thanks to Callum and Stuart. Join us next week when we will be looking in detail at some strategies for investing. Until then, goodbye from Stuart. Cheerio. Goodbye from Callum. Goodbye, Paul. And it's goodbye from me, Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.